Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So today is going to be really number two of, I don't know, maybe the working title of what we're talking about is the the kingdom is near. Because when you think about Jesus's teachings, it all boils down to he's really talking about in pretty much everything that he teaches about the kingdom. And he's talking about his father's kingdom and his kingdom. So you get to the Sermon on the Mount, and he is talking about moral standards. He's talking about relational standards. He's talking about how you handle your finances. Those aren't just legalistic rules to adhere to. Those are ways to align yourself, live in such a way so that your heart and mind is in agreement with the Lord so that he can move and work through you and rule and reign in this earth through you. So in this series, we're, you know, we're going to camp out on it for a little while talking about the kingdom. Today, I'm, I'm going to stay in kind of the big picture perspective. And, and one of the goals that I want to do today is to kind of elevate our opinion of ourselves. I know you're not supposed to do that in church. I know you're supposed to leave feeling beat up and worthless and feeling like you're a worm. I understand that. But I think if we really see ourselves with the value that God places on us, it actually causes you to want to straighten up. It actually causes you to want to live uprightly, even more so than just rules and standards and obligation, you know. God desires obedience from the heart, not obedience to the letter of the law. God actually desires mercy over sacrifice. You know, that's one of the kind of our big mission statements here is changing the way the world sees God. We don't want to erase God's aspect of justice and wrath and dealing with sin and, and all of that. That side is there. We just, we just frame it in the context of the finished work of Christ on the cross and then who we now are in him spiritually. So when I'm preaching to you, I feel like what I want to do is speak to the eternal aspect of who you are. If you've said yes to Jesus, you are filled with the spirit of the living God. You have been made righteous and he has made you holy or clean by the washing of his blood and the washing of the water of his word. You stand acceptable to God because of the work of Christ. Now, we still have our minds to renew. We still have these bodies that can go one way or the other, but in general, we are eternal beings. We have been made alive spiritually. We were dead in our sin. Now we're alive in Christ. So I want to talk in such a way to that aspect of us that's alive in Christ and learn how to live from that aspect of our identity. And so when you look at the teachings of Jesus, if let me just say this, if you read the teachings of Jesus and you feel like you're not good enough, then good job. You've used those words properly because they are designed to show you you cannot be righteous on your own. He uses the law in such a way to show you you know, the, the disciples eventually, to all of his teaching, ask the question, well, who then can be saved? And he says, yes, that is the only proper question to everything. And that is, 
with you, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Now, that doesn't uh, let you off the hook of living morally, living well, living uprightly, living, you know, making good decisions, living in a way that glorifies and honors Him, uh, turning repentance, turning away from, you know, we still, we still do all that, but it's from a place of acceptance, not trying to get to a place of acceptance, you know? I appreciate the rededication type prayers, but what we need is a mind renewal type prayer to, to wake you up to realize who you actually really are in Christ, to wake up unto our righteousness in Him. Amen? So you look at Jesus speaking about the kingdom, and then you see it filter down into our responsibility, not just to live morally, but to live as a co-ruler on this planet with the Spirit of God. So just kind of big picture, you know. God, I was thinking about this, you know, there, there, there are, and they're finding more and more all the time in these new telescopes that we launch out into space and we learn more about what's, what's, what actually, you know, how large creation is. There's, they used to say billions, but now it's like trillions of galaxies each galaxy with billions or trillions of stars in them. And our sun is one star, and it's kind of a smaller star. And we, it's a number that we can't even fathom. And then you step outside of that universe, that created realm, and God's infinite spiritual realm extends infinitely even beyond that. God is a big God. Say big God. And, and, and it's like we, when we think about the earth and we think about what's going on in this planet with the enemy and with the dark times and with the perversion of his word and his image and all the stuff that we see going on on the news, which I said this last week, but you know, you know that the news' job is to tell you the worst thing that happened on the planet that day, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you don't know that, then wake up. You are feeding yourself with, it's like eating death for your mind. To, continue, to, like, to watch the news, to determine how you're going to feel about life in the future, it's like swallowing poison thinking that you're eating vitamins. It really is. You are killing your mind. You're killing yourself. You're, 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 you're welcoming depression into your mind. You're welcoming negativity by by reading the events of the day to determine how you feel about the future. And stop it. Because kingdom-minded people realize we can make a difference. We actually can influence the world still. Yes, there's an end. Yes, there's an enemy. Yes, there are weeds. But the wheat is growing as well, right? So when you think about the kingdom and, and his infiniteness, his, his unending power, Depending on your theological perspective, either you think God is controlling every tiny little detail down to the minutia of your desires, which I do not believe that, or you're a free will person where God gave us dominion over this planet, and it's in the shape that it's in because of what we've done to it. Now, he's alive, he's working, he's active, but in general, he's, he's so far more powerful beyond this one tiny little planet. And it's almost as if we talk about the enemy, we talk about the future, we talk about what's going on on the planet today as if God's like worried and trying to play catch up in a world that's almost lost to darkness. Do you know what I mean? It's like we, we think about 
God's perspective from a broken, fallen world perspective as if he's wringing his hands trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, it's like, well, that messed up, so let me try this, and that messed up, let me... No, 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 no. God, God, God has, God has a huge plan to redeem all things through Christ. Now, you might say, well, of course he does. God's in control. If God's controlling everything, then he's doing a bad job. I know our Reformed and Calvinistic folks do really don't like that kind of statement, but it's just not who he is, you know. To, to, better, to understand who God is, you look at Jesus. Jesus went about doing good and healing all, right? So, so kingdom, here, here's how I see the kingdom. God from that place of infinite rule and reign and infinite power and omniscience and just not even concerned about the power of the enemy because he ultimately knows everything will be redeemed and restored there's a resurrection. There is a final judgment. I'm not trying to say that everybody's going to be saved. That's not, that's not the case that I'm making. But I'm just, I'm just trying to pull our minds out of heaviness, pull our, pull our thinking out of darkness, influence, and realize how powerful and how amazing of a creature that God made us to be. Not because you're so great and wonderful in and of yourself, but because of the type of creatures that he made us to be, right? So think about how majestic and powerful and awesome and amazing God is. And he created everything. Everything that exists was created by him. And the type of being that he is, ruling and reigning in that place that we know of heaven as perfection. And even spiritual beings he gave some sense of free will to. But even beyond that, there's restoration coming. Uh, and then you think about that type of being created a species of beings, that being humans, to rule this planet like he rules everything else. I I'm, I'm, want to lay some kind of big picture ideas out there. I want to elevate our thinking into, man, I've got a responsibility to be an ambassador in this planet. God has entrusted this realm to us to rule and reign. So when we talk about the kingdom of God being made near, you know, Jesus shows up, and that's the first thing he says when he steps into public ministry. Repent, change your mind, turn away from the sinful, dark stuff in the world, turn toward me, I'm going to show you a new way. So turn away from that, turn away from darkness, change your mind. Ultimately, you're going to have to change, every, you're going to have to change the way you think about everything. Repent and believe what? Which means what? Good news. Repent and believe the gospel, for the kingdom of God is near. Well, what's he talking about? And then many times where it says that in Scripture, in many of the gospels, it says, and then he went about healing the blind, delivering the oppressed, restoring those, you know, who are broken and bruised. So, so when Jesus says repent, the kingdom's here, and then he turns and he moves toward the world, he shows you the will of God from his infinite eternal realm of what God's rule on this earth would look like through humanity, and that is restoration, life and abundance. You're one of those health and wealth God preachers. Well, it's better than death and poverty. 
I'm not talking about your golden driveway and your Lamborghini up to your 20,000 square foot mansion. I'm not, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about on this planet living in such a way where righteousness, peace, and joy is your wealth. You know, where, where you are hopeful, full of faith, not full of fear, full of joy, not full of anger and, 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 and sadness, you know, full of expectancy. That, the, that, that was what Peter was excited about. The apostle Peter, who denied Jesus just a little while later when the Spirit is given, he's excited because for him, this is the beginning of the restoration of all things. That's what he says. He stands up. Where does that is in his sermon? He says, this is the beginning of the restoration of all things, essentially. So where does that, where does that put us? It puts us in the place of being co-rulers on this planet with God. You think about what he is, and then you think about Okay, he said in Genesis, he said, let us make man, we have dominion over everything else, we being the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit. So the way that God wants this earth to operate is people in right relationship with him carrying out his rule in this earth. And man, I'm telling you, Christianity has been couched in such a perspective that it's like God's out there, he's distant, he's angry, he's so concerned about all your little details and failures and behaviors. It's like, no, he made you. He knows. He knew, he knew what he was doing. But just that, I, it's like having children, right? You know, you have, when you're kids, you got everything mapped out. Oh, this is going to be perfect. They're going to do this. And, da, 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 and, then, and then they start talking. <laughs> then they start making decisions on their own. Are you with me? But yet, you never stop loving them. You would do anything for them. But you also, hands, you know, proper healthy boundaries keeps hands off and lets them go and figure it out on their own, right? You're there for them. You're guiding them. You're not going to turn your back on them. That's the, it's the same thing. God's a good father. Amen? I may have made it a little bit too warm. Would you, will you bump it down one? I see people fanning. Everybody good? You hear, the, you hear the Spirit of God better when the temperature's right. Did you know that? <laughs> so when he starts talking about the kingdom, first off, it is that infinite realm that transcends all of creation. But he's not talking about leaving an evil place to go to a good place. The kingdom of heaven is not about get saved on this dark, wasteful planet and then one day get set free from this planet. Because God's plan, as far as I can read, is to bring restoration to everything that he's created. Now, you know, there's debate on what happens to the planet, the new earth and all that, but, but there seems to be a restorative aspect, a, a huge aspect of what the plan that he's working is restoration. Now, there's still weeds in the kingdom. The enemy is still rampant. There is still a hell to shun. There is still the final judgment where the goats and the sheep are separated. That, that is still in our future. But, man, the, the rule and reign that we have on this planet is not to hide and cower and wait for God to come rescue a powerless church. And I'm not just talking about walking in powerful miracles and you know, interesting woo-woo phenomenon that charismatic church loves. I mean, you know, I, I, the, it's, we can't understand the spiritual dimension. And, you know, the, all the gifts of the Spirit should actually be in 
action. Uh, we are a Bible-believing, miracle-expecting church. But it's not all about the phenomenal stuff. My, my main desire for people that make this their home church and come regularly is that you become grounded in the Word of God, that you become grounded in who you are in Christ, fully assured of your salvation, experiencing personal transformation to be conformed into the image of Christ, and then to then walk in love. And as you walk in love, then that's where you walk in the gifts or you display your calling or whatever, right? And I, you know, I pray that you have that. I pray that in your transformation, you have an outlet to love people and bring people into the kingdom. But our, our role as kingdom ambassadors is to go out and just like Jesus, declare the good news of the kingdom. That's what we're going to talk about over these next few weeks. Well, Nate will be here next week, and I know that he talks about it, but when I pick back up, we're going to go into what does it mean to declare the good news of the kingdom? You know, it, it's spirit, soul, and body. It's mental. I love the song, you know, sound mind. So many people don't have sound minds. We're, we're so anchored in just stuff that's drawing us away from just being rooted in Christ, right? And, and I'll say this too, for too long, a large section of Christianity has just looked at this planet as wasted and hopeless, which is really a Gnostic uh, deceit that crept into the early church. Gnosticism has a root belief that everything that's physical is evil and should be shunned and, and, just, and try to escape into the spiritual dimension. This, uh, we forgot to order a microphone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch to this. Uh, it's not the battery. Is a different the batteries. This one is. It's a cable thing. You learn the sounds after a while. Anyway, but not, so Gnosticism would say your body's evil. You're you're totally depraved. There's nothing about you that could possibly good, be good. You could never make an action of faith in and of yourself. The world is dark and fallen. There's no hope. Does this sound familiar? Amen. <laughs> I, I know it sounds like I'm attacking certain denominations, and, I, and I'm, 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 I'm pointing out the mindset. God is about, why, why in the world would he bother? Why wouldn't he just end it and start over? But to redeem humanity and to bring the restoration of all things, he sent. So, you know, I had a couple of comments last week. You look at, you look at God and to try to understand the Trinity, it's, it's just almost impossible. But you look at how Jesus was the Word. He was the Logos in the beginning before he came here. He even prays that in John 17. He says, I'm ready to take back the glory that I had with you before I came here. He's talking about being that facet of God that is the agent of creation. He's the Word. He's the Logos. And so then you have to imagine God, that facet of God, after having given mankind dominion over this planet, somehow takes a facet of himself, shapes it into the same kind of being that he created to rule and reign this planet, and, and puts it into the earth as a seed, and then Jesus dies in that soil of the earth, and then is reborn to then grow into all the earth, the kingdom, but there's still darkness in that planet. But ultimately, that's the way God got his kingdom reunited into this realm and then is changing it from the inside out because he's in the hearts of the, the very ones 
who embraced sin and turned to darkness. He went to the inside of us to destroy the root of sin and death on the inside of us to remake us, to make us alive to him. And that's how the kingdom is influencing the world today is because it's in the hearts of his believers and we are to live it out. But one of the greatest lies of the enemy is to get us to believe that we're just evil, that we're no good, that we can't do anything good. It's like, no, you need to change the way that you think about the type of being that God has made through Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, if you, if you think that you are your behavior or you think that you are the sum total of your life's experiences, it's hard for you to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. It's hard for you to say, I've been made holy because all that stuff is behavior related. Behavior should be the fruit, but it's not the path to righteousness and holy. We say these things all the time, but I just, I just, it's just coming out. You know, in terms of representing the kingdom, and again, I'm not just talking about miracles. I'm talking about when you're at your job and, you know, maybe news of a war breaks out or inflation or who you don't like is whoever the president is on whichever side you are and all that stuff. Let me just tell you, they're all, there's, there is corruption. I'm, I'm, I'm soapboxing here. There's corruption at every, listen to me, listen to me. There's corruption at every level of Every man-made system, all of them, even churches. So to pick the winners and losers and the righteous ones and the dark ones based on what structure they adhere to, man, it's a problem. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in that system because the mindset that the world is evil, the mindset that mankind is just corrupt and it's all going to go to hell in the handbasket and it's not worth doing anything, that mindset paradoxically then just gives up and does what the enemy wants us to do and take our hands off. See, that's what happened when we introduced sin and death. We didn't give our authority to the enemy. We sat back and just let the enemy as a thief run through the earth and do whatever all the while still having the authority. That's why they're still good. That's why people can be born again. That's why we can make a difference. Man, there's a lot. I've got a lot that I'm thinking. I'm, I'm excited about to just continue to kind of unpack this. Our role is to declare the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. Declare the good news of what life is like when you're reconnected to God. Freedom from fear, freedom from depression, freedom from that sin that is just crushed you your whole life. Even managing your finances well, according to how God teaches you, which, which brings such a sense of freedom in this earth. You know, it's not just behavior. It's experiencing what life is like in the kingdom as kingdom citizens. You know, the, the kingdom is here. It's around us now. And I, I, I gave this illustration last week, but, you know, you can imagine the kingdom is a dimension that we're connected to now. You know, we have three dimensions. We can move forward and backward, side to side. So that's two dimensions. You, you add a third dimension of up and down. We're moving in three dimensions. Some people say gravity is another dimension, like a fourth dimension. And I would ask you, where's gravity? 
Samson, where's gravity? It's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. I feel the effects of it. You see the effects in the mirror? And, 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 and if you, if you, if you, uh, you know, try to break the laws of gravity, the gravity is not teaching you lessons for trying to break those laws. Like if you fall off a ladder, it's not gravity trying to teach you a lesson. It's going to do what it's going to do. In the same way, the kingdom is a dimension that we are within because the kingdom is greater than everything. The universe, the created realm is within God's realm but it's limited to certain, you know, rules. It's like we, gosh, I'm just, last week we talked about the electromagnetic spare. I don't know if we still have that image. Do we still have that image? You may have taken it. It may be down in the bottom of the foreground. It's the chart with the white. Yes, no, he's looking. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. I just feel like it makes the point again. This is the electromagnetic spectrum. It's where light, radio frequency, gamma, ultraviolet, the, the, the rainbow in the middle is what humans can see. So the, the small section of what we can perceive of all of this spectrum that exists is small, but all these others still exist as well. It's in the midst of it all. I just, I just see our existence in the middle of a bigger picture that is spiritual. All It's darkness on one side and spiritual on the other side. I'm not saying that everything's kind of mixed in together, but I'm just saying... To think of kingdom as disconnected and out there and something that you have to leave this place to somehow get to based on your performance, it's just a foreign, weird concept. So if you can think of kingdom as a rule, as a reign, as a, as a realm of God's rule that is all around us now, and if you learn how to harmonize with it and live within it, you experience what life is like in that realm. And yes, living uprightly, thinking a certain way, walking in love toward people. It is about your choices and your actions that you're interacting with this realm in terms of how you perceive it and interact and even hear the voice of God. But, you know, and I know I'm just, I'm throwing a lot of big picture stuff out there. It'll get way more practical as we go. But I'm just trying to paint the picture that we're not disconnected from where God is. We're in the midst of it. And we have a responsibility to co-rule and co-reign with him in this earth. Amen. So let me just, well, I'll close with some scriptures. I want to read this. We read this last week, and this is Isaiah 9, 7. This is a prophecy, obviously, about Jesus. You see this again in Matthew 4 when it talks about that. So in Matthew 4, you see this mentioned. And Matthew 4 is the beginning of Jesus's earthly reign, which is what this describes would start when Jesus gets here. Did I lose you? All right, let me just, I'll reiterate. The reason we're reading this is because what this says started when Jesus came, okay? It's not some long-term distant thing. So this is Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord hosts will do this. God is busy actively establishing his kingdom. 
mostly in the hearts of his believers so that we can live it out to declare the gospel of his kingdom in the earth. And, the, the, you know, I don't, I don't think we really have a clue of the restorative aspect of what it is that he's working toward. So let's read this. And this just, I just want to show you this big picture of who Jesus is and who we are in him. So follow, follow me along there if you would, Philip. He's the, he's the invisible image of God, or he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, now, if, if, you, if you don't get anything else of my rambling today, get this. For by him, all things were created. By him, all things were created. We're talking about Jesus. How in Jesus were all things created? Because he is the Logos. He is the Word. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The reason that Jesus is the agent of creation is because in that eternal state, he's the wisdom of God. He's the logic of God. Logos means wisdom, the way God thinks, the way he puts things together. So for, by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers. He's not worried about the enemy. I mean, he's not all fired up about the effects of the enemy and losing people, but he's, he's, he's looking to co-reign and co-rule through us. Let's elevate how we think of ourselves. But this right here, all things were created through him and for him. Leave it on that for just a minute. This has is, this is really kind of been the, the basis of what I feel like these next several messages are going to be birthed out of is this idea right here. Everything was created for Jesus. God in his infinite state, in his place of unlimited existence, created a realm for his son. And what did his son do? He came into that realm that we broke to redeem us into the family of God so God's family can grow. Living the Christian life is not about trying to do everything right. It's about recognizing our sonship in him and letting others know the big plan. God is interested in having a life with you. God wants you part of his life. God wants to give you good things. He's a good father. Amen. Let's keep going. I know I, I can tell that I'm you know, we're in the 30,000 foot, but as we go these next weeks, we're going to drill down where it's more practical. And if, if this is your first time, you kind of just have to bear with us. Usually we go into really practical things that you can put into practice in your life and experience transformation. But, you know, we're kind of doing a big survey of the kingdom and what it is, and then we're going to dig down. So he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. So Go back one, if you would, and I just want you to see this. He's talking about everything. Everything is held together in him, and then he goes into, verse 18, and he's the head of the body. It's like he talks about this big, vast picture and image of the brightness and splendor and who Jesus is, and then he starts talking about the body. You know, we have, we have such a poor image of ourselves, we do not see ourselves the way that God sees us. It's time to change that. It's time to quit making excuses for the darkness that you let yourself live in and quit beating yourself up when you fail. 
And no, I'm not saying that you should just continue in sin. We all know that. Read Romans 6. But it's time to elevate the expectations that we have for ourselves, not just to do better, but to live with God co-ruling in this earth. I know it's, it's hard. It's that, that's such a big statement. But So the church, he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he may be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. I just see that. I just, I, I just see, you know, I, I guess the reason I'm hung up on this thing is because I talk to a lot of Christians who seem to have kind of just given up on the world. You know, they look at the sexuality issues that are in the earth. They look at potential war and they look at, you know, you, you may be feeling this way. You may be looking at what's going on in the earth and what's going on in your life and thinking, well, you know what? I've read the back of the book. It's all just going to burn. It's all just going to go to hell. So we just got to leave this place and go to heaven. And it's like, man, that, that, is, that is a dismal perspective. That, there's no hope in that. That, that. That's just, let me just grin and bear it until I die. You know, you ever feel yourself thinking that way? Man, it, it's, time to, it's time to put on the new mindset of who we really are in Christ. Take the responsibility for this planet. And, and I'm not talking about cow flatulence. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the green movement. If you, if you, if you <laughs> that's supposedly the, the largest supplier of carbon, cow flatulence, if you didn't know that. Uh, so, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. This is what God's after, reconciliation, right? So everything was made for him, and what he's seeking to do is restore and reconcile. Restore and reconcile. I hope this is, you know, translating into a way where you realize, oh, maybe, maybe I actually should be active in terms of moving into that thing that God's put on my heart whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless. Are you ready? Say, I am holy. How do you feel about that? Say, I am, I am blameless. One more time. I am holy. I am holy. And uh, depending on what you think, how you respond, where your heart goes, where your emotions go, where you start, well, you don't know what I did last night. Then, then you don't understand what the blood of Christ has done in you to redeem you to restore you back to that place of a being created in the image of God in right relationship with him, ruling this planet like he rules the heavens. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, 
if indeed you continue in the faith. So there is that. Keep believing. Doesn't say if you keep all the rules right, if you never make a mistake, if you... Da, 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 it says if you remain in the faith. So remain in the faith. Keep believing. Amen? Stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which I, Paul, say I, your name, became a minister. Yeah. You got to see yourself. We are ministers of reconciliation. We are kingdom carriers. We are uh, created in the image of God. We have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We have been empowered by the spirit of the, the saint. <laughs> I just, you got to think about this. The same spirit that God is, that is ruling in that spiritual dimension, is in you to rule this realm through you. And not just with expectation of your behavior, but equipped you with the same power that Jesus did when he was moving in this earth. See, Jesus is the model of what humans can live like on this planet. We've had such a performance-minded perspective given to us about Christianity. And yes, there is a moral element, and you're responsible for your behavior. All that stuff does matter, but it's just such a bigger picture than that. If you can begin to look at yourself as a being that has been made righteous and holy because of the blood of Christ, and the rest of you is being conformed into the image of Christ, and you see yourself as somebody on this planet like him who went before us to show us the way, and I'm not saying you're going to become a God, I'm not saying you are God, you're obviously not the Savior, you're not perfect in and of yourself, but but that is the way that God created it to work. The same spirit that rules and reigns on that eternal throne that is all-powerful is in you to rule and reign on this planet. And it's such, a, it's such an amazing concept to think about. So then what does that do? For me, it puts me in the position where I want to live well. I don't want, to, I don't want to, anything in my life that would cause my heart to be hardened toward him, that would limit his rule and reign in my life and then in this earth. Amen? I want his will to be done in my life and through my life toward others. I, I, I only want to do that which he would lead me to do. And that, because you have been made righteous in him, and the rest of your being is being conformed into the image of Christ, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to eliminate those areas where we're limiting him from moving through us. You've got a responsibility, not just to deal with sin, but to elevate your thinking of the kind of being that you think God has made you to be, which comes with great responsibility, way more than just keeping a bunch of rules gives you. We are kings and priests on this planet. We are kings to rule on this planet and priests to minister within this planet. And the church still has a bright future. The body of Christ is to be about proclaiming and declaring the goodness, the good news of God's kingdom. 
which is in the earth now, and to the increase of it, there will be no end. We'll talk about that in two weeks. <laughs> simple, she said, what are simple ways to do that? Stop sinning, be perfect. Yeah, no. You know what I'm getting at. Trust God, love people. Step out into opportunities. It's about, it's about ordering your world where you are sensitive to him, you're dealing with those things that he's leading. It, you know, so, so it's, it's, no, it's not different than, any, than, than what you've learned before about Christianity. It, you know, it's about trusting and obeying. It's about stepping out, but it's stepping out from a place of understanding who you are in him and knowing that you're equipped to do something about it with a restorative perspective. Amen? Regardless of how you interpret what's supposed to happen between now and the resurrection, and I can't say that I know for sure, all I know is to the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And we are joined to his kingdom, equipped to go out and move. Now, I, I could break it down into, into little sound, into bites, but I just want you to chew on that. Think about that. Think about what that looks like for you. What do you need to do to change in your mind about how you see yourself, to see yourself as, as an ambassador, to see yourself as somebody that's co-ruling and reigning on this planet? Now, if you have a view of God where everything that's happening in your life is somehow part of his plan, the good and the bad, like he's making bad things happen to you or allowing these things for some weird thing, it's like, no, we're kings in a distant land that have been given rule and authority, if it's not going well for you, it's that king's fault. It's not, it's not God disrupting your life for weird lessons. He's given us rule and reign. So let's step it up how we see ourselves and be open to him ruling through us. I just want you to walk out of here today thinking about this is my dominion. This is my realm. If it were on me, to go into the earth representing God to let them know how good he is and how he wants to be good in their lives and save them, what would I do? How would I live as a king if I were the king of this planet and it was all my responsibility to tell them about God, what would that do? How would that change how you see yourself? And what would you do? And you can answer that for yourself. Like I said, this is like the 30,000 foot big picture, a little bit rambly view. We're going to get down, get more specific, look at what scripture says, our roles and responsibilities, some things that we can do. But, you know, just go out of here realizing the same spirit that is God is in you seeking to express his rule in this earth. Let's live with the awareness and mindfulness of that. Amen. Let's stand up if you would. I'll say we have a um, we have a welcome lunch today. We do these welcome lunches uh, semi regularly. Our welcome lunches are for people who have been around for a little while. You've you've pretty much decided to make this your home church, you, or or maybe you're considering it, but you want a few a uh, few more details. Um, and we we schedule it. So if you are not signed up for today, you are 
it's not for you today, but if that's something that you're interested in after you hang out for a little while longer and you think, yeah, I, I, I'm really kind of feeling comfortable. I'm really feeling like this is home, but I want a little bit more insight into vision and all that, you know, that that's what we do in the welcome lunch. So uh, if you're part of that, if you need to move out to go help prepare that, appreciate that. But let's just, let's just pray for just a minute. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, to discuss your word, to challenge our thinking, to renew our minds, to engage in repentance, to deal with those issues that are in our lives, but to also take the responsibility to participate in your plan, and that is that we continue to be conformed to the image of Christ. Father, I open my heart to you to be led and taught by you. I don't want to limit you in any way. I want, I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. I want to live a life that is honoring of the salvation that I have in Christ. I don't want to minimize anything. I don't, I don't want to make allowances for, for any of the freedom that we have in you. I don't think anybody, any mature person is looking for a reason to live that way. But we also don't want to just live to the best standard that this world can provide. We want to live in such a way where all things are possible. We want to live in such a way where just like Jesus and the apostles are walking through the earth and we see somebody that has a need, your realm of provision is available to minister to them. We want to draw. We, want, we don't want to live in just a physical understanding of the world. We want to have a spiritual worldview that recognizes that you are with us and you are confirming your word and you've sent us out to do amazing things like Jesus said. But it's not just about that. It's about living with you in right relationship, co-ruling and reigning on this planet. So we say yes to you. I'll say too, also, if you're in the room today or you're watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus and you want to for the first time today, just lift up your hand and wave at me so I can see you're not sure what it's all about, but you want to say, yes, I believe what he did was for me for the first time today. And if you're watching online, there'll be a video following this video to walk you through. Father, thank you. I speak life and abundance in this place today. Father, I thank you that your spirit is active to heal, to give us wisdom, to correct us, to, 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 to reveal to us those little issues that we have so that we can finally let it go and be free. Father, I thank you that the power of the enemy is already broken through the blood of Christ, but I speak deliverance with every person in this room that they would believe that they have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of Jesus and stand in the power of our identity to resist the devil because Christ, you dwell in me. Just, and so just acknowledge that for just a moment. Just acknowledge that you're the temple of the living God. That same unlimited, powerful spirit that is God, that transcends all of creation, that is an infinite God, is in you. You are one with him, and you're making the decision to let him reign in your life and to co-reign with him in this earth. Father, we thank you for that opportunity. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.